Welcome to the Legends of Oral Regeneration by the Osteology Foundation. One host, one guest, and a whole bunch of experience and expertise. Meet the people behind the names and get unique insights. Welcome everybody to our broadcast series from the Osteology Foundation, Legends of Oral Regeneration. And it's a great pleasure and an honor today to interview Professor Shinya Murakami. He's a professor and chair at Osaka University Graduate School of Dentistry, and he's chairing the Department of Periodontology. So we very welcome him today. And please allow me to introduce an academic person with his academic achievements, our academic CV. And every, every professor um, has a history, and his history is written in his legendary um, career history. And when I talk about Professor Murakami, I should mention that he was a NIH fellow in 1988. Mm -hmm. So I hope you remember. <laughs> yes, that was a good time. And um, from 2002 already, he became professor at the Osaka University and was also director of the Osaka University Dental Hospital between 2016 and 19. So you see the basic research and also the clinical, uh, let's say, responsibility of a clinical director. As you can imagine that um, professors in periodontology are very active in national and international societies. So the Japanese Society of Periodontology, being the past president at the IADR, he was very active in the Japanese division and also the periodontal research group, where he always was the president. Um, the Japanese society is part of the Asian Pacific Society of Periodontology. He's the general secretary and Last but not least, his activities in our respected journals. First of all, the Journal of Periodontal Research, the flagship journal of Japanese periodontology with a global reach. He's the editor-in-chief, and he also advises the other period journals, the Journal of Periodontology and the Journal of Clinical Periodontology. Finally, a few awards to be mentioned, which I think are uh, worth to be uh, highlighted. The IADR Distinguished Scientists Award for Basic Research in Periodontal Diseases. Basic Research. And then a few years later, 2019 AAP Honorary Membership Award. There are many others, believe me, but this I think is the, the ingredients of, of outstanding a solid and a respectful academic career. Lots of hard work, lots of responsibilities. And now I have talked too much already. Let me let me give the word 
to Professor Murakami and, and ask him something. I, I summarized a bit of your CV, but what, what do you think, how did your career start? What, what were the key elements of your success? What kind of mental strength uh, you need to, to, to get a good start? Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Professor Gulbert. Uh, I'm very honored to have this opportunity very much. And you have already uh, explained quite a lot, and I have nothing to, to tell more than that. But um, um, why I entered the Osaka University uh, Dental School, and uh, when I was uh, the undergraduate student of the dental school, honestly speaking, I felt that um, the, uh, the main subject in dentistry might be, let's say, restorative dentistry or prosthodontic dentistry and so on. But um, I became so much interested in the periodontology and periodontics after listening to the, the lecture of a professor Okada. He was the former professor of my department. Mm -hmm. In his lecture, he explained about the um, importance of understanding uh, inflammatory responses or uh, immune responses. They didn't explain about the material science. They explained about the human responses or life science. So in joining his talk, I was really interested in the periodontology and the periodontics. And after getting the dental license, I determined to enter the Graduate School of dentist, Dentistry, PhD candidate of the Department of Perio. And I started my career as a researcher. But my mentor, Professor Okada, recommended to me to study more about the immunology not a periodontology. So he recommended me to join the Department of Immunology at the medical school. So I spent there for four years and getting the PhD degree. And at that time, I expected to get back to the dental school and start the career of the clinician. But one more time, Professor Okada and Professor Hamaoka, he was another mentor at the medical school, they recommended me to continue the research, and he kindly prepared the opportunity to study, to work at NIH in the U.S. as a postdoctoral fellow. That I was very really, honestly speaking, I was upset a little bit, but I followed their suggestions, and I determined to go to the the, the NIH and spend another two years as a basic scientist. And I enjoyed very much, very, very much. And, um, but I have to say, um, I experienced the hard time too there. And uh, let's say spending several months, I didn't get any positive data. And uh, spending very hard time, I finally got expected result. And I was so excited that I ran to the office of my seniors at the NIH and show the data. And at that time, he mentioned to me that, oh, great. At this point in time, it is uh, you are the only person to know this fact in the world. Don't you think this is so much excited? 
And I'm so much excited when I uh, heard his words. And I felt that I wanted to continue my research career. And going back to the Osaka University after that, I really studied the, uh, the career of a periodontist and periodontal scientist. And I spent, let's say, another couple of years. I really had a very good time as a scientist and clinician. But at some, at one day, I felt that I rather wanted to do a much more period-related or period-oriented science. So what I decided to do is to examine the periodontal ligament biology. One of the good examples was that we carried out the transcriptome analysis of the periodontal ligament. We examined the whole messenger RNA expression of the periodontal, human periodontal ligament. So what I found was that periodontal ligament cells expressed huge amount of messenger RNA of the collagen suggesting that periodontal ligament cells play a very important role in maintaining the homeostasis and high turnover of collagen synthesis of the periodontal tissues. But at the same time, very interestingly, we found that periodontal ligament cells express variety of bone-related genes, suggesting that periodontal ligament cells possess the very unique activity to further differentiate into hard tissue forming cells. So I felt that if I, we can successfully stimulate those cell population to further proliferate and differentiate into periodontal ligament fibroblast, osteoblast, and cementoblast, we may be able to develop a new treatment procedure for periodontal regeneration. That was the 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 career of my early, early days. Thank you very much. And, and um, as, as far as I remember, these um, progenitor cells in the periodontal ligament, they are very susceptible to basic FGF or FGF2. Yeah, yeah. I think that these, let's say, early um, discoveries, this early experience with the PDL cells, have inspired you to, to ask for a growth factor that, that pushes or targets these cells. Can you maybe share with us a little bit about this very successful history of how the basic research on, on basic FGF or FGF2 turned into your, your wonderful clinical data and, and uh, approval, actually, of, of this therapy? Oh, thanks so much. Um, as you know, the FGF2 has a variety of biological activities. And one is um, FGF2 can stimulate the proliferate of a variety of serotypes, including mesenchymal stem cells, maintaining their ability to further differentiate variety of serotypes, including osteoblast and uh, cementoblast. And uh, another important biological activity is to stimulate the angiogenesis. So whenever we wanted to stimulate wound healing or regeneration, nutrition is always very important. So the, the stimulating angiogenesis is always a very important biological activity. So thinking like this, we thought that FGF2 can be a very good candidate 
tissue-induced periodontal tissue regeneration, uh, not only in the animal study, but also in the human study. We carried out a variety of animal studies, bigger dog and uh, non-human primate and so on, so on. Uh, we created a variety of the bone defect, like a type two, excuse me, a two or bony defect, three or bony defect, and facial involvement, and so on, so on. And in all, in all cases, we could confirm that um, FGF2 induced the periodontal tissue regeneration significantly. But what we impressed very much is that you know, all we did at that time is just to simulate the tissues with FGF2. Okay. But our body, our tissue is very smart. They never ever induce ankylosis. Mm -hmm. They regenerate the cementum of a periodontal ligament showing physiological thickness. So uh, all we can do is just to simulate our body. Yeah. And after that, our body recreate the tissue and organs by themselves. So we don't have to think everything. Yeah. Only we have to do it just to stimulate a very at the beginning of the response. So that's what I learned at, the, at that time. And uh, very, very fortunately, all animal studies show that FGF2 can stimulate uh, periodontal uh, tissue regeneration, at least in animal, uh, in the preclinical study at that time. But I'm so much confident that uh, we can, we should start the clinical study after that. You know, actually, I, I, I think that the message is also that uh, clinicians prepare the environment for the body to heal. They don't heal. The body mm -hmm. heals. And mm -hmm. the environment is something that is, uh, let's say, susceptible to good ideas. Huh? No? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, I think this is... Uh, and. Um, but as you already mentioned, um, life of a researcher is hard, no? <laughs> yes, yes, uh, exactly, yes. Uh, and when when I listen to what you told us about your time in at the NIH and also your um, the advice you you get from um, your your mentors, and now a few years later. <laughs> The, the page turns and and now you are the mentor you are the 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 wise person and and the next generation uh motivated people look at you mm -hmm. and um what would you advise them and and how is the situation how, how could you um you know how, how is your relationship of uh, mentor and mentee and what would you recommend them today well, as you understand, or as everybody can understand, you know, when we were very young, we don't have so much experience. So it is uh, very difficult and almost impossible to determine what to do or what to aim for. So that in the situation, the having the, the mentor who you can trust is always very important. Yeah. And uh, his or her ways of life or the the words they gave you always uh lead you 
to the, the through their lives. So having a good mentor is always very important. And um, what about another? What about frustrations? Um, because um, yeah, well, you know, you you mentioned the the positive emotions, the excitement, and then <laughs> next day you are very frustrated. So when when the young people come to you, mm -hmm. what, and they say, "Oh, well, professor, look, that doesn't work." What what would you tell them? Well, that always happens. You know, we understand that if we, whenever we prepare the manuscript, for example, if we have a beautiful five, let's say five to ten beautiful data, we can prepare the manuscript, right? So if we If I can get one beautiful data every day, only in 10 days or only for one week, we can we can write we can start to write a manuscript. But that is not the reality. Yeah. Sometimes it takes one year, two years, or several years. Meaning that you know, getting the the data which you expect takes time. Takes time. So that takes time. So you don't have to rush. The important thing is you repeatedly think whether my question is correct, my goal is correct. Mm -hmm. So that that's a very important uh, the thing you need to consider every time. So even when you are in trouble, you, if you you can very convince that this is a very important question to be solved, you should keep working. And also, I think that you know, um, sometimes younger generation wanted to solve the easy question in a short time. Yes, but if we wanted to uh, accomplish the major goal, you need to solve in your whole life. You need to keep working on the important hard work spending so much time mm -hmm. so that you know you you don't you don't try to finish the project in a very short period of time rather you should spend a lot of time if you are so convinced that this is a very important question to be solved what I, do you think professor yeah <laughs> I, i think this is this is why The PhD is the called the doctor of philosophy. Mm -hmm. Not the doctor of pipetting. It's the doctor of philosophy. <laughs> Interesting. It's a complex, it's actually um, a way of a mindset. Uh, how to handle frustrations, how to deal with difficulties, how to don't give up, to be perseverant, to be persistent. And mm -hmm. when I listen to you, um, I have the feeling that nothing has changed since you were a, a young student, full of motivation, <laughs> and now sitting a famous professor, full of motivation, full of enthusiasm about the data. Mm -hmm. Of course, the younger colleagues generate now, but I, I, I hear that you like data and you like to think about, help others think, Is this true? Mm -hmm, yeah, I think so too. And also, um, you know, I said that you know having the right aim 
a right question is always very important. And but the younger generation may ask how they can find the the, uh, the important goal or important question. One of the key might be uh, be involved in the clinics, clinical practice. Mm -hmm. When they see the patient, they when we see the patient, we can feel why this happens, why we cannot treat this situation. Why it takes so long, so long time to heal this inflammation and so on, so on. So whenever we see the patient, we can feel we 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 can have the opportunity to feel why, mm -hmm. and that clinical question may can be a very good goal or a very good question to be solved in the future. So that um, for university faculty, sometimes they wanted to concentrate on doing science rather than doing the clinics, rather than seeing a patient. But you know, working as a clinician at a hospital is always very important, not only for the patient, but only for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Seeing the patient, treating the patient, we may have a, we can we may find a very good uh, question to be solved. Mm -hmm. So that's why um when I talk to my the younger generation, the, the PhD candidate and so on, we sometimes mention to them that why don't you see the patient? You may have some difficulties to be solved in the in the clinics. You wanted to treat this patient, but you cannot. You may understand the pathogenesis of the situation, but you may not. If you see these questions are so important to understand the disease, to treat the disease, that can be a very important question that you should work on. So that's a way of thinking I always uh, tell my younger generation in my department. So, so I, I think that is uh, your, your inspiration and, and actually the consistency of everything you share with us is the, the clinical inspiration, the clinically driven research questions uh, that require a, a basic scientist's mindset to find um, biologic uh, solutions with the rational and not just a try and error uh, putting something inside and hope it works. No, mm -hmm. I think this is the, this is the way uh, I think modern biologic research should go uh, and and um, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh let's say in, in, in impressed that you give this knowledge to the next generation uh helping them also to to get this let's say very scientifically driven mindset now uh, what what else should should i ask a, a professor <laughs> Well, for example, uh, the, you kindly ask about our FGF2 project. Yes. And uh, very at the beginning, I was very interested in developing um, um, new medicine for periodontal regeneration. But once, develop, once medicine was developed, uh, many clinicians are so much interested in the biological activity of FGF2, not only for F, uh, periodontal regeneration but also let's say uh, 
uh, osseo integration with the dental implant or uh, there is some uh, clinician uh, is interested in using the FGF2 for orthodontic treatment mm -hmm. or socket preservation and so on so on so once the um, um, you know, I have to say I spent over 25 years to develop this medicine quite long mm -hmm. but once we developed the new medicine many other uh, clinicians can feel the, the next possibility or opportunities mm -hmm. so that uh, if we can break we can if we can do a huge breakthrough many people can be inspired by that development so uh, from now on this medicine can be hopefully can be used in um, the variety of the fields not only the periodontics but also other fields too so i'm so much uh, looking forward to the further development of this medicine. Yeah, thank you very much. Actually, I think our our interview um, comes to an end. Mm -hmm. And um, may I ask you for a, let's say a final statement? Let's say the the yeah. the, the, the famous last words <laughs> you want to share. <laughs> well, um. Um, in this interview, I repeatedly say the important to set the uh, to set the goals. Mm -hmm. So the, for younger generation, I want to uh, I want to tell one more time: please find, please set the important goals for your career development, mm -hmm. and please work on that important uh, the project for a long time, not in a short period of time. Walk, keep working on uh, one important questions and spending so much time. By doing so, I believe that you can create uh, important your career. So I'd like to say good luck for everybody. Thank, thank you very much, Professor Murakami. And good luck, good health, everything beneficial for you and, and your uh, young generation uh, colleagues. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you so much. One host, one guest, and a whole bunch of experience and expertise. Meet the people behind the names and get unique insights.